When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am Don Draper, actually. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I am your very, very Yankee host, Ushwin, and I am joined today by David. David, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, and I'm not Yankee, although I am also coming to everyone (laughs) from across the pond in what I believe might be the first ever transatlantic United Hour podcast within a typical Manchester United supporter fashion. No one even on the continent on this episode of Win Manchester <laughs> actually is. So, yeah, nice well, to nice to be back on the podcast. It's been a long time since I've been on. Um, so yeah, look at looking forward to this one. A lot to digest and a lot to look forward to. Hopefully, but yeah, nice to chat to you again, Ashwin. It's been a while. And how are you doing? How's life? Uh, things are good. I cannot complain. Uh, I think I, I mentioned this uh, to you guys in the WhatsApp group, but uh. The Manchester United obviously played an insane match yesterday against Atlanta, which we're going to talk about. Uh, yeah. I also host a podcast about the New York Knicks. It's an NBA team. Yeah. And they played an equally insane game yesterday. Actually more insane, uh, if you can believe it. So, uh, And they won also. So, yeah, I'm riding a high right now. Uh, <laughs> it feels great. I'm not sure if I could. my heart can deal with much more of that. But, hey, uh, United has not given a shit about my heart this year. So let's talk a little bit about them. Uh, they played a, a transatlantic pod leading in directly to a match against Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, wow. How how about that? Uh, look, I mean, look, they, United obviously in our awful form uh, heading into the match. Uh, David, what were your thoughts, you know, before we even get into the match? When you saw the lineups, uh, what did you think? And, uh, you know, Ole also mentioned in his pre-match comments that it was going to be more of a 4-2-4. So... With all of that, what were your thoughts kind of before the match even started? Uh, I think, like a lot of fans, I was expecting something a bit more drastic in terms of changes. Um, I mean, the manager was on record as saying something's got to give, and really all that gave was something that he's done before, which is drop Pogba, uh, because he was in a bit of a bad patch. Uh, we've seen Pogba on the bench under every manager we've had at United so far, so to me that was hardly... um was hardly something game-changing or goalpost-moving. Uh, I was maybe expecting us to go with, with someone who's a bit more comfortable in the ball and Van de Beek in the middle, but obviously he will never play for the club ever again, no matter what he does. He must have done something seriously, seriously wrong to Ole and his family. and It's just weird at this point, but still part of me expected to maybe see him in there because Atalanta usually do put on a, a pretty good press and He's one of our more press-resistant players, but I guess no big surprise to see uh, McTominay and Fred back in the middle. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't drastic. It wasn't game-changing. Something definitely didn't give. Um, but though, I guess having Rashford back in the starting lineup for the first time and for the first time this season. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, going into the game, I know Atlanta had a, a couple of injuries. They were missing a few first-team players, but their style of play, um, I thought it could go either way. They're kind of similar in a lot of ways to RB Leipzig. And when we came up against them and absolutely thrashed them 5-0, they were still pressing us really, really hard, not giving us a second on the ball. We just happened to have one of our best games ever and played through it. And I thought that might be the way it goes against Atalanta. But as we saw the first half unfolding, it just was not that way. And I think I've been aging at least six months every Man United game this season so far. <laughs> Last night, the first half, I swear I turned 50. Like, I definitely uh, turned 50 during that game. It was a tough watch in that first half, man. Really tough. Yeah, I was... It was really weird for me because I... Look, I, I've been on record saying this in our WhatsApp group. I've said it on the pod, I'm pretty sure. But I'll say it again. Like, I I have a... I, I just don't... There's a lot of criticism of, like, you know, the, the Fred-McTominay pairing. And I understand why. Because... It's annoying that they're like the the most reliable of the pairings we have in midfield. But when you kind of look at it, like I don't trust Pogba and Matic in matches where it's like like a high energy match. I just don't trust them in the middle um, together. Like if we are going to dominate possession, like we did against what was it Newcastle? I think they both started. Uh, that one was a little bit different. I'm okay with that then. But in a match like this, where I thought and and as it played out, like. Atlanta was going to press. They were going to be a high energy team. They weren't just going to sit back and let us have the ball and look to play on the counter. Um, I, I don't trust them in matches like that. And you know, then I, I think we all have seen like Pogba McTominay doesn't work, Matic McTominay doesn't work, and we have really never seen much of Fred and Pogba. We know Fred and Matic also doesn't work. Uh, so we're kind of left with like this pairing yeah. that none of us really want but is also just the best of what we have. Um, and so in that sense, I was like, I agree with you. It wasn't some drastic change, but I also thought it was the one that made sense. Um, and the, if there was anything I was a little bit disappointed by, and a, a lot of people will disagree with me on this, and we can talk about this a little bit later, maybe in more detail, but I thought Sancho should have started on the right. I think he needs to be starting on the right, and I love how Greenwood has been in goal scoring form this year. But I don't think he's doing much other than scoring worldies, which is a, gr a great thing. It's amazing that he's doing that. Um, but I think that's also like a limitation in like you if you bring in Ronaldo, you're right. If you bring in a, a goal poacher, a guy who is you have to create him chances and he will score you goals, then it's imperative that you play players and in a system that will create the chances for him. And I loved Rashford coming in. I thought Rashford really gave us a nice kick in the ass on the left. I thought he looked sharp. Uh, I hope I don't think it's a serious injury. I think Ole said it's like a dead leg, but he should be okay. Um, but I really think Sancho would add a lot to on, on the right, uh, the way he plays, and I think it would benefit Ronaldo and generally the team overall give us a better balance than Greenwood, who, again, I'm not, this is not a criticism as much as like this is the player he is. He's a goal scorer. He wants to come in the box. He wants to come inside and, and not really look to create, right? Like he's looking to score. Um, that's just who he is. I mean, if I could hit a ball like him, I'd probably look to score all the time too. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed that Sancho didn't start, especially because I think even though the goals and assists haven't come, I thought he's looked pretty sharp the last few matches for us. Um, and other than that, I wasn't really surprised by anything, you know, like I didn't think he was going to, he's never pulled McGuire out. Even if he's played poorly, he believes in him and I understand why. Uh, I knew Shaw wasn't going to get dropped, right? Like, we knew Lindelof and Shaw weren't going to get dropped for Bailly. He clearly doesn't trust Bailly. And w did you think that uh, Delo had a chance of unseating Erwan Bissaka after well, his last adventure in the Champions League? Well, I I'm, I'm on record as calling Diego Delo a competition winner, so <laughs> I, I was not expecting him to feature at all. Uh, and, and I guess, actually, the, the last couple of games, Juan Bissaka, I felt, has been one of our more consistent players. He's definitely looked a little bit more dangerous going forward. But no, you're definitely right. There's a lot of players in there that just had absolutely no way of being dropped. Um, so Pogba probably was the obvious one. Uh, I get what you're saying about Sancho um, starting on the right, and I think this is the, he came on in the second half, and yeah. we're, we're going to get to that. I think you've seen the, the reasons for it. Uh, I just feel like... Um, there's something about Greenwood on that side that 
it looks like he's um looks like he's gonna develop into that world class player for me. Like he's his selfish streak is ability in front of goal and he does like he's reasonably good course control, good first touch, decent eye for a pass inside, moves off the ball well to receive one twos. And one thing I liked about his game last night was that he actually passed to Ronaldo. I don't know if that has happened since Ronaldo <laughs> joined the club, but when he passed I think, him, I, I was think Ronaldo like, even passed him a few times. I know too. It was, wait a second, they, they something must have gone on here. They two have gone together at Ronaldo's house. He sat him down and he said, "Okay, listen, Mason, <laughs> you need to pass me the ball here, son. Like, <laughs> come on, just so I, I, listen, I think you, like, you you might be one of the best young players in the world, but I'm one of the best to ever do it. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> that's how this works. Give me the ball." And I, and I, I don't know if Greenwood had a shot last night. Like it, it was a very different performance from him. He was way, way less selfish. Mm-hmm. But I do think we bought Sancho to play in that position. At least that's what the fans think. And I mean, his his performances there for Dortmund kind of like he fits the bill. He's exactly what we're needing. And Greenwood is ready as he might look for first team football right now. He still has time on his side, and he and has two of the best strikers of the one of the best players ever, and one of the best strikers of the past twenty years, like nurturing him right. Like he's gonna get yeah. a shot as a central striker for us, and he just yeah, I, I don't think he needs to be in the right side when Sancho's there, and he hasn't had a good enough run on that right side for us to see how consistent he can actually be and how good he can be. I think um. I'm, I would just I like to rotate them a little bit more in that yeah, position. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't get caught up too much in the goals and assist um, hyperbole. I think it doesn't mm-hmm. often paint a picture, especially with someone as technically gifted as Sancho. Uh, I mean, he draws players out of position well. He holds on to the ball just long enough to commit someone out of their spot. It moves someone else into a more advanced position. Like, there's a lot of metrics you just can't measure with his play, but that ultimately contribute to a more positively and successful offensive game I, just... I think he's a he's a more like it's he's a more uh manchester united version of what somebody like van de Beek can bring to the table like he's very good at linking up he's very technically sound and like you said he's not he's not just gonna go take on two guys like he's not just gonna take on two men dribble past them you know like no. it's not he's not that direct but he's got great he's decision making yeah and 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 like you said, he opens up the gaps. He opens up. I think like you could see it a little bit in the in the minutes he came on, um, where and and this is actually something that's really annoyed me when he plays on the left, where like he'll get the ball at the edge of the box, and then Ronaldo and Pogba will run towards him, and it, it just defeats the entire purpose. Yeah. Whereas I think on the right you saw he created the gaps, and this is like Bruno for all of his. You know, his insanely amazing and also at the same time incredible ability to be the best and the worst within the same span of like five minutes. Uh, one thing he is pretty good about is not just running towards the ball. Like he he finds those spaces and then asks for the ball in those spaces. And I thought him and Sancho linked up in some really interesting ways when he came on, especially on the right. Um, but yeah, like I, I agree. Like I, and and yeah, like I don't actually I don't mind Greenwood playing on the right at all. I just think that needs to be more of a timeshare kind of like, uh, you know, we've we've done that with Rashford and Martial before. Like, yeah, I think that just needs to be something where we're we're getting both of them games there, um, uh, because they're they're different players in that position, right? Like one is good at, obviously, like Greenwood is good at creating something out of nothing and and being a very direct goal threat, whereas Sancho is more able to like bring others into play and i think he also just helps us progress the ball on that side of the field which um is always it, it has been a struggle at times uh over the years i agree with you that juan bisaka has been better about that lately and i actually think like i don't like to talk about it because i am the uh the the juan bisaka apologist fanboy in, in the pod group i think he gets a lot of stick unnecessarily because he looks awkward and he's an easy target um but i do think he i agree with you i think he's looked better uh at least in possession um, the last few matches or so. I, I would say, like, this year in general, I think he's made some progress there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too much into into his performance. I thought he was really good against Atlanta. But uh, I guess, like, moving forward, just, like, in the match, I mean, look, we've talked about it enough. The goals that we conceded in the first half, like, it is amazing that in every match, the 
frequency with which it's like every match we concede a goal that is unacceptable. Like it's not like you can get beat, right? Like you can give up like you're gonna give up goals. Especially in the modern game, you're always gonna give up goals. But the type of goals we give up, it's like at least one every match, and lately you've been a few every match where you're like, that is just so unacceptably poor for a team harboring the ambitions that this one does. Yeah, 100%. That um, that first goal, I've only watched it a couple of times. Uh, I, I usually like to try and analyze what went wrong. I find it difficult to watch that first goal again just because of how many things you can see unfolding as that want to build their play up. And you can, you can just tell what's going to happen next. And you can see their player make that run across the front post. McTominay just like completely forget. looks at him. Yeah, McTominay like, looked at him. It was, <laughs> it, it was weird. He was like, he looked at him. He's like, nah, there's no way that an attacking player would want to make a run to get on the end of a oh, wait goal. It, it was just so, so, so bad. And the thing is, like, it, I thought we started the game like okay, like not bad. We got a little bit on the front foot. We had a few chances. And, and I don't think the, the first half, as much as going uh, in 2-0 down at home against a depleted team, is pretty bad. I think there have been worse first-half performances this season. We didn't, we weren't, it wasn't a match where you felt like the 2 nothing. it was actually just two mistakes, two horrible individual mistakes. Yeah. But they weren't, it, it was not a match where, like, if anything, I thought we definitely deserved to get one back before the end of the first half. And generally speaking, like, I thought we controlled the match better than we had. That, that, that's not to say that it was a level of control that exuded, you know, like, utter dominance and it was undone by two mistakes. But it was, it was a much better level of control than we've shown for the most part this year. And so that, that actually made the mistakes even more frustrating, right? Like, that's, it made it even more frustrating because you were like, wow, like, not saying, like, it's not a performance um, that I would say is amazing or it was not like, wow, we just came out and we were on fire, yeah. but it was a level of performance where I was like, okay, I I'm okay with this right now. I can see where it gets better. And I think that if we can just link up a little bit better, we would get through them and we can create chances. You could see it. And then, you know, you're seeing it. You're seeing, I mean, there was that one before they scored where uh, McTominay actually, I think it was Bruno and McTominay maybe. They linked up, or I, I think it was Bruno McTominay. It might have been Greenwood. I don't know. I'm not actually sure. But McTominay plays it into him, and then he gets the ball back, and he's able to run through the center of the pitch. And Rashford makes a really nice curling run. McTominay just plays it a second too late, um, and he's offside. But you could see, like, they could get got at. And, and yep. that was a nice kind of inter— like, it was a nice interplay, and we got through. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, okay, free kick. Nobody switched on. Lindelof for some reason runs with Muriel instead of just holding the line and he would have been offside uh, but he runs with him and then when he runs with him you know he plays it back and, and then like it was really weird they had the because they had the wing backs and so I think Zapacosta was playing on the right uh, ex-Chelsea legend uh, Zapacosta <laughs> uh, but he and like Lindelof is there he's literally there he can see the run being made and then he just doesn't he like doesn't move to cut it out right like he he just allows the pass to be made and then he goes out to mark him and then you know and like again like yeah you can say McTominay's error is the biggest I guess you can say because like he literally you watch the replay he looks at him he looks at who is it P Pasalic but I think that's his name um he looks at him looks back at the ball looks at him again and then he sees him he sees him making the run and then he doesn't react until the ball is played across. It was just so bizarre. But yeah, like I think Lindelof, and I, I actually think he's he's been in pretty good form, which is bizarre to say considering the goals are goals against record this season. But relatively speaking, I don't think he's been the one guilty of making the individual errors in large part leading to those. Uh, but that one was really really bad on his. Like it was really bad. He made two mistakes. I thought on that on that play that were the first one is at least I can understand. The second one's just unforgivable to me, like, to, to see the run and then not even bother to really, like, cut it out. I thought it was really, really poor. Um, and, yeah, the McTominay, like, and it, I mean, De Gea, like, he can't do anything. So, like, it sucks because he, he's been in great form and he has nothing to show for it in terms of clean sheets or even, like, a decent goals against record because we're making errors that are so unacceptable. And that one was just, yeah, it was so bad because I, I agree with your point that, like, we started off okay. We started off fine, and you felt like 
it felt like we were growing into it and we were looking sharper and then all of a sudden it's like gut punch. Um but it didn't stop there. The hits keep coming. Uh <laughs> like uh so the second goal they they get off a corner. I don't even know who is more to blame between Sean McGuire. I thought they were both like super complacent on it. I I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I think their 50-50 blame can be attributed to them both. I mean how can you let a guy who was clearly struggling with one hamstring get in between you, out-jump you, score a goal, then immediately re-injure his hamstring as he's running away to celebrate? <laughs> like, we we have a set-piece expert as part of the club now. That is it, just unacceptable. Like, you cannot... The ball... What, he didn't have to jump that high for his header. Like, it's not like... The, the ball has come in and he has like a Ronaldo NBA vertical style leap on him. <laughs> it should have been cleared by one of them. I don't really know whose man it was. I couldn't work that out if it was Shaw's or Maguire. Since Maguire has a view of him, I would assume that it, that it was it, his man. But It looks like, it looks like though, I've watched it a few times, it looks like Maguire is supposed to just attack the ball if it's in that region. Like he's kind of free. He's yeah. not necessarily, he looks like he's the free man. And then it looks like Shaw is just he's that that's his zone, and yeah, sure he doesn't have a running start, but like he it it looked like he just didn't. It was so weird. Like it looked like he didn't even try to jump that yeah, high. I don't ended know. Up, it was... He ended up shoving McTominay at one point. Like McTominay's <laughs> standing in front of him, so instead of jumping, he's like, "Well, McTominay's probably going to do something wrong here. I'll shove him out the way so he doesn't do anything wrong." And then it, it just gets in between them. It's a uh, you, you can't concede goals like that at this level. It, it's so basic. It's not like it was a world-class corner where you like you can't defend it. So basic. It wasn't even a good run. It wasn't no. like one of those clever so near-post runs where you know he makes a, a back-headed flick on the ball. It wasn't one of those. It was just a, no. such a basic one. And it then... was honestly like, um, like a practice routine where the yeah. whole goal yeah. of the practice is that the forward scores a goal and the defenders stand off a little bit. It looked like that was what they were doing. Like, let's let him score. Because this is how to like just tone it down a little bit defensively and let him score. It, it, it was really, really bad. And the thing is, you like, we we did have a lot of good vibes, impetus. I thought the fans were, were pretty good for most of the first half, even though we were yeah. making some errors. Like the, There was a... It was weird. Even though we were down, there was still a good vibe about it. But that goal, it, it just sucked so much energy out of my enthusiasm for watching even the rest of the game like it's just it's so basic and you you at that point you're thinking we're playing a little bit better here we're clearly trying there's a little bit more um like we were pressing a little bit better we weren't just sitting off like it looked better and then that happens you're like well what's the point no matter what we try right now (laughs) we're just banging our head against the brick wall and conceding stupid goals and then you have like in the in the first half as well, and I, and I know we're going to get on to what changed in the second half, but there was a and, and I mentioned this in our group, there was a two minute was it a less than a two minute spell, where Bruno made five reasonably stupid mistakes. It and was they were the, insane. And they it were was all, insane. And, yeah, it, it was so <laughs> weird. Like literally, like there was a couple of easy passes, a couple of like Hollywood balls, and then one header where he had to head the ball five yards. And just gave it right back to the Atlanta player. It was like the worst two-minute spell <laughs> I've ever seen from him. But as you know, which is saying a lot, by the way, because yeah. he has these spells that are ridiculously awful. But then, like, um, and and I know, like, the we'll get onto his um his two assists. But he had oh, yeah. the, the pass for Fred, where Fred kind of went on a little mazy run and then shot just wide of the post. His pass in for Fred's outside of his right boot with pressure on him around the corner. It's a world class <laughs> pass. Wait, I I don't get the guy. You know, you know what Bruno reminds me of. You know those YouTube videos where a guy has a basketball and he's like shooting it over his head, trying to get it in the net, and then the, he looks at the camera and does the thumbs up while the ball's still in the air, and then the the basketball misses the net like four or five times. <laughs> then he throws it again. He's got the thumbs up, and then the basketball goes in this time, and it looks amazing. That's Bruno. Like, he just keeps trying and trying and trying, and then eventually it friggin' comes off. But the stuff that comes off, because the level of difficulty is so, so high, when it comes off, you're like, this guy's he's world-class. He's trying things that other players just aren't capable of. And then in the second half, way more comes off for him. He's just, 
he's such an enigma of a player, and, and you you almost like well, if he plays more safe, tries less things, then then the time that he does try it and it doesn't come off, then we're losing out on the try it ten times and get it right once. But the time he gets it right, we score or he gets an assist. It's crazy. He, he's the the most enigmatic player that I've ever known at the club. But I I, 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 I can't even like. He, he'll play game... He, like, yesterday, I did not think he played a good match. And then at the end of it, I'm watching it, and I'm like, well, he had he got man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got given man of the match. The guy made criminal mistakes in the first half. He missed easy passes, like, really easy passes. He gave the ball away, then we ended up... Um, they went down the park and scored their first goal. Like, that came from a passage of play that he caused the breakdown of. He was man of the match. And, and I don't think I could give man of the match to anyone else. Because of how hard they keep trying and the things that did come off, they're just perfect. Like he's what what he, a guy. Like what what a guy. He's the most infuriating and the most pleasing player at the same time, and it confuses me. I don't understand it, but I wouldn't swap him for anyone in the world. He's he's a very Manchester United player. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny. Like yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the the Fred chance was really good. Uh, I don't remember who played in Marcus at the end of the half. I think it was Lindelof, right? I think Lindelof uh, played. No, ball, or... I, um, it wasn't. I think it was Bruno. Was it Bruno? The, okay, the, I mean, the one where um, he hit the top of the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Bruno. It was a very, very similar pass to Lindelof's yeah. one um, on the weekend. But yeah. no, yeah, I, I think it was Bruno with his left foot. Yeah, that was that was a great pass. And I mean, I, it wasn't it wasn't an easy chance, but it was one of those where you're like, okay, Fred had two chances, which both, by the way, like actually good shots from Fred. So. Kudos to oh, Fred with his for right getting... foot. It was just yeah. just wide of the post. Usually that goes way wide of the yeah. post, but it was just wide. Just wide. And then he had the one off of uh the cross from Ronaldo that Bruno got ahead on and it was bouncing. Yeah. He got that on target. Uh, probably if that goes either side of the of the goalie, yeah, goal. it, yeah. yeah, it's probably a goal. Uh so like that was two, and then Rashford had one where actually they called offside after uh the one hamstring man recovered on him. Um, but he was onside. So if he had gotten the shot off and scored there, that would have counted. Uh, and then the the crossbar one, obviously that's another one where it just felt like that, that miss in and of itself wasn't that bad. Really. It was just that accumulation. And the fact you were two nil down, it felt like, Jesus, if we can't score here, like, are we just, is this just going to be one of those matches where our two stupid mistakes are too much to overcome and we're not going to, we're not going to get over the hump. But you look, uh, so we go into the half, it's 2-0 down. The crowd is, I mean, they, they got boos, right, when they yeah. were walking in. And uh, I thought they yeah. were deserved, to be honest. Like, I, it wasn't about the effort. It was just like, like, how are you making such stupid mistakes, right? Like, that's really what that was about. And um, look, I didn't actually expect much to change. Like, I didn't expect him to make drastic changes or anything at halftime. Uh, I, I don't think that's, he generally, I think, he, like, Ole, for better or worse, I think when he picks a team, he like he likes to give that team at least sixty minutes before he makes changes. Um, and you know, I in this instance, I didn't hate it because, to, especially towards the end of the half, you could see like they were they were creating the chances, like the chances were there, they were coming. So you figured, okay, like if they can just get a goal in the first ten minutes, like you know, they can like this game is still there to be won. And to their credit, I, I don't, I think Rashford scored what was it sixty first minute. Um, they could have probably scored before that, but he scored in the 61st minute. But I, I guess before we even get into that, like, di- it felt different as soon as they came out for the second half, right? It felt different right away, and I think he scored earlier than that. I feel like it was closer to like the, the... maybe 51st. I, I I'll f- check yeah. it out. It was it was maybe like it was less than 10 minutes after um the second half started. I know that I'm not sure exactly when, but yeah, like it it did feel different, and and if, it should like if. There can't be a single coach in the world who wouldn't have gone in at that dressing room at halftime and tore those players to shreds for the performance that they were putting on against the opposition that we had. This was an Atlanta team who there were several injuries with their main uh, centre... F- 53rd minute, by the way, on the 50, Rashford. Oh, 50, yeah. So several injuries, their main centre-back, who we knew at half-time was probably going to be substituted, and he, he was having a good game. L- love seeing a defender celebrate a tackle, by the way, just to bring it yeah. on that. that that's pretty were you, cool. were you a like, defender? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was cool. But it, 
Ollie should have been tearing into them at half time. And and I I don't know if he has the ability to, to get mad and give it like somewhat of the Norwegian hairdryer treatment. But <laughs> the the players themselves, they, they knew, they know, like they you cannot be, get beat by Atlanta at home when potentially your Champions League life is on the line. And and you and have... we saw the they were talking about the talking about it at halftime and early in the second half. Like basically this group is so tight. Right, like Atalanta yeah. has three points, I think, coming into the match yeah. yesterday. We had three. Villarreal had uh, three, and then Young Boys has three. So it's yeah. like basically it's all there to to be yeah. one. Uh, so to lose would have been. I mean, even to draw, I think at home would have been a pretty devastating result. Oh, I would um, never have accepted yeah. a draw in that game. That like Atalanta are a good side, right? They they have a great coach. They're well drilled, but they had four or five first team players out yesterday. They're playing away from home. They're clearly the way that they like to play on the attack should should benefit us because we like to counter attack. But there, there was nothing I saw, and even in the first half, that let me think that they were a better team than us, with better individuals. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But it, it was very similar in a way to when we played Villarreal in the Europa League final. The whole game, I'm like, they're rubbish. They're not good. How can we not beat them? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. We're way better at every single position on the park. But we we just don't come together as well as a team, and and it comes down to that. Atlanta played more as a team, had more self belief in themselves and their system. We're still trying to find ours, but at halftime in that dressing room, it's just we have enough individual quality to win this game. If we play to our capability, we're going to get back in the game, score early in the second half. They will sit off. They will try and protect their lead, and and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Rashford's goal, by the way, like that. The pass around the corner for Bruno, because he does stuff like it so often, like when he's that pass was yeah, oh it, my god, it was it, it was it it, it it it. I had to change my underwear after. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean and yeah, the the difficulty level of that. There's not too many players in world football that can play that around the corner in behind perfect weight and Rashford's finish as well. I mean, he makes it look so easy. Not an easy finish. Um, it reminded me a lot of the way, I don't know if you remember, uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy's goal against Fulham where he ran from his own yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, just that before he shoots, the, the just control before he, he shoots, takes is, yeah. yeah, he shifts it just back onto his right foot with the, the outside of his right and then slots it into the corner. Bradsford was similar. It was almost one movement the way he finished it. Gets a little touch out, slots it in the corner. Amazing it reminded finish. Me, he had a goal like that last year against uh, Brighton. Yeah, uh, yeah. At Old Trafford. That's yeah. what it reminded me. Yeah, he knows it was how so to, good. Yeah, it he knows so how good. to put it in the corner, which is one of the frustrating things with Rashford. Because he, he'll do one of three things. He'll do that, demonstrate that he has exceptional finishing ability. Second thing is he'll take nineteen million extra touches, try and beat seven <laughs> guys, then do a couple of back heels, flick the ball up in the air, then pass it. Or he'll try and hit it as hard as he possibly can for no reason whatsoever when he has the option <laughs> to place it. So he clearly knows what he's doing, which to, to me is just a frustrating part of his game. I feel like his goal tally could be a lot higher. But as soon as he scored that, I think I mentioned in the group, I was like, we're going to win this game and there's only one player that's going to score the winning goal. But after we scored, we had a little bit, um, the first couple of minutes after the restart, we were on the, the front foot. And then yeah, the McTominay the, had that. He had that yeah, chance he had the right post, after that, right? Yeah, the, the yeah. crowd is right into it. And then at about the sixty-minute mark, I'm just saying, no, 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 this can't be happening again. There's no <laughs> way we are standing off them. There's no way we're not closing down. There's no way we're losing just, just any sort quick, of will real, to win this game again, and just, we're just sitting off them. <laughs> just real quick, the other thing though to start the second half, and I want to make this clear. Uh, look, there's been a lot of talk about Ronaldo's pressing or lack thereof he was pressing in the second half and um like and and here's the thing it doesn't need he doesn't need to be roberto firmino pressing right like nobody's expecting him to do that but there are there are instances where you just need him to press like he has to be able to willing to do the the those like the ones where you've worked them back and the keeper has the ball like that's when you need him to press so that they don't have that opportunity to play it out to the center back or play it to the fullback that the keeper just has to go along with it. You need him to press in those moments. And he was pressing in those moments. So uh, I just wanted to mention that. I thought that was also a big change uh, at the start of the second half uh, where where he was really 
at least giving you that. Which, like, look, yeah. I, I'm not mad at him for not pressing because you're not getting, like, we knew what we were buying when you bought him. You know, like, he's not, even when he was younger, it's not like, you know, like, Ferguson knew. He wasn't asking him to press anybody. Yeah. Um, Like, you're not getting him for that. So I, I don't. But I don't. I don't begrudge him that. You just need him to do those, those instances of, hey, look, like we're not asking you to press all the time. We're we're not under any impression that you're that type of player. We just got. We just need you to do it in these instances, and that's it. And he gave you that, and that's that's all that I I I would want from him. So I thought he played. I I thought like other than the weird moments where he always feels the need to like, go get the ball on the wing and pretend that he's twenty one again. Um, I thought he did a much better job in this match of, of staying in those central yep. areas, staying between the goalposts. He played as uh, a number nine. The, the second yeah. half, he played as a number yeah. nine. And to me, he's, he's been so confusing this season because no, not a single human being who knows anything about football thinks that he's anything other than a top five player of all time. Like, he, he's, he's godly. His record and his statistics are godly. He, he will be one of the best players ever for however long anyone listening to this is alive. But it, to me, right now, his legacy is the amount of goals that he scores. Because he's just the records that he has, he wants to just make them as hard for anyone else to reach as possible. But since he's joined us, it's almost like he's fancied himself as a number 10 and, and drops deep and, and wants to link the play as opposed to getting on the end of the ball. Now his debut. It's, it's like it's like he wants to be the player he was when he left exa- United. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his, his his debut, uh, like his second debut for us, the goal that he scored is a classic number nine poacher's goal. Someone hits a shot, the keeper spells it. There he is to tap it in. Like that's what I thought we were going to get. Someone who just knew where to be in the box at all times, and I didn't see that until the second half yesterday with him. But I'm like. Just do what you're clearly still one of the best on the planet at. No one can compete with you between the goalposts. But you and know what you're is, doing. His movement is so good when it's, he stays in there. Like It's, it's so, unbelievable how sharp his movement still is. Yeah, he knows where the ball is going to be he, he, before anyone else in the pitch does. He, he just reads the game better in the offensive zone than anyone. It, it's, we, I just can't get why he's, like you said, he's tried <laughs> to be the player that he was when he first joined us. He must know he's not that. I don't know if that's like an ego thing with him, but he's like, well, if I'm going to be the, the best player on this team, I need to be involved in absolutely everything. No, just stand up top and we will have the players that create chances for you. Like, that's yeah. coming. The, the chances are going to come, and they came last night. He had a, a few, um, one that he probably should have done better with, where um, Bruno had put him through on goal. But, yeah. He, he is that, like is that the one where he, he the, the goalie was able to push it off to the yeah. side? Yeah, 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 that that one was weird. Like I, I agree with you. Probably should have done better with that. Well, but it was also balance. frustrating for me because that's one. And actually, you know, uh, Robbie Savage in between having orgasms. Oh, Robbie, Robbie Savage! Oh my god! <laughs> so I didn't, he, the feed I was watching didn't have Robbie Savage, but I saw so many comments basically was, saying that Savage is the biggest Ronaldo fanboy it was, ever. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so it's, I saw out the commentary after the game was pissing myself laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, but like. He actually mentioned it in commentary, uh, and it was one of the the non fanboy, one of the few non fanboy comments he made. But he was like, "Yeah, like Ronaldo maybe should do better." But he's like, "That's one where if you're Greenwood, like, go go get on the end of that, like, but get in there, read that he's gonna take a shot, and and gamble, like, get." And I agree with that. Like, we don't. There's just, and you could see the difference because right after that, I think Cavani came on, and we had a corner, and I think Maguire got ahead on it, and Cavani was. He was a, 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 a half second away, just a step away from getting contact on it before the the goalie gathered it. And yeah. that's that's the difference between between him right now and any of our other forwards, really, other than Ronaldo, probably, who has that instinct, uh, is just gambling. Like, like it's it's just an odds game, right? Like, it most of the time it's not going to pay off. But if you do it enough, if you do it five, six, seven times in a match, you're probably going to get a chance out of it. And yeah. uh, Cavani, man, I love that man so much. He is same. His work rate and ethic, like, it's actually really frustrating he has come to England and specifically United, obviously, at this stage of his career because, man, I would have loved to have him at United when he was in his prime. Like, what a striker he would have been. been Oh, my God. He's been a a Premier League-built player for most of his career as well. Uh, It is a shame we didn't get to see him sooner than the league. Uh, He he just, the, the guy doesn't stop. 
um, in supremely good condition and has the, the right attitude. For me, um, he exemplifies everything you'd want in a captain or, or someone on the pitch. Uh, there yeah. was one point in the, I forget which stage it was in the second half, but it was after he and Sancho were on the field. And he runs past Sancho to chase down a loose ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're like, if, if you're Jaden Sancho watching that and not a little bit inspired, like, yeah, that's the level I need to get to. Like, look, and, and it caused the guy to make a mistake and he put it out of play. Like, yeah. the guy is just the, he's, he's the perfect example of what you should be doing when you're off the ball and you're a forward player if you want to affect change and make people make mistakes. So good to watch. But uh, when you, you speak about, um, like, eventually things are, are going to happen and, like, just gambling on things, I wonder how often we're going to find Harry Maguire standing at the back post waiting for a loose ball. That because finish. what a finish. That was, like, maybe the maybe the secret for, to him scoring goals for United is that don't aim for his head. Don't, don't aim for his don't head. Just, just, just play it across the ground oh. to him because that finish was... It was like that. The ball is coming at him at pace. Yeah. It comes through like three or four players. I actually initially thought Cavani got a flick on it, but it just comes right through. So there's no pace that's come off the ball at all. And he just, I mean, when he went to hit that, I was like, this is one of those shots where it's going to end up, you know, fucking <laughs> 10, 10, like 10, 100 yards behind the goal in the Stratford end. And instead, it's just nestles in perfectly in the corner. I mean, what a strike that was. And uh, I, we, I'm sorry, I keep going back. But before, I just want to mention that before that, uh, probably like when in that period you had mentioned where we'd kind of lost our way a little bit. And then Pogba came on, and to his credit, Pogba was really good yesterday. Um, but De Gea made an incredible double save. Um, from, yeah, from Zapata. It's Zapata, yeah, Zapata, the first one, and then yeah. the second one, Malinowski, I think it was. Yeah. That was, I mean, like I said, his form this year, he looks he looks back to uh, numero uno, as yeah. Pogba called him. Oh, Dean Henderson's not going to look in anytime soon. Um, he is <laughs> he is probably the, the plus point of the season so far for me, is that I do expect the team to eventually put a good run together. Maybe not in October, November, because of how difficult the opponents are. But it looks like when we do finally click, who knows if that will happen this season or the next 50 years but when we do click it looks like De Gea is going to be there back at his regular one of the best keepers in the world self he's been great and, this and his season. distribution has gotten a lot better too. distribution's better he's also coming off his line a little bit more and normally you could play a ball in behind and until it got inside his six yard box he wouldn't come and claim it now he's uh he's doing a little bit better again off his line quicker which is good to see but yeah you, you touched on it a little bit there Pogba I don't know if, if his attitude was, I'm going to show Ollie that he should not have, uh, that something didn't give with me and I'm going to show him. Or he just did what, he, like, he just had fun or whatever, but that's what the guy's capable of. I mean, there, there was It was one... mostly simple, though. Like, I feel it... like when he plays well, a lot of it is just because he's not trying to beat six guys. But and the best like... thing he did last night was like a little turn in the middle of the park, beat a couple yeah. of guys and then played the ball wide. The guy, the guy's the whole package. It, it has to be a mental thing with Pogba at this point. Like, the talent is there, the ability is there. No one's questioning that. He's untouchable when he's on form, but he just, he just doesn't do it consistently enough, and that's why he finds himself getting benched every ten games for a run of games because his his bottom level is so bad. I've said it before in the podcast. The guy doesn't know how to have a seven out of ten performance. He's either a, he's either a nine or he's a two. There's no one between, right? He's just another. Him and Bruno. Yeah, he's another enigmatic player, but he did look like him and Fred kind of worked a little bit better, and they never play together, right? So you wonder if yeah. that might be something he looks at on the weekend. But well, the, the... It, it works pretty well too because Fred is much better on the left. Yeah. And Pogba, Pogba is better on the left, but when he plays in midfield on the right, I always think he plays, I think it almost like he's more naturally inclined to play like a midfielder there rather yeah. than trying to get forward. And it just, he just looks, he looked levels beyond anybody on the yeah. pitch when he came on, honestly. And, and like, he just a lot of it so much to better. do with um, the way he receives the ball. So when he plays on the right side and he, and he typically gets the ball, let's say from Juan Bissaka, so when he's taking his first touch, his first touch is staying on his right foot on his right side. When he plays on the left, he's trying to get the ball on his right foot, but he's opening his body up. 
and he yeah. doesn't always realize how close someone is to him so when he opens his body up the guy's all over him right but when he's, he's coming to his right side if someone's behind him he just puts his foot on the ball shields it and then just rolls either side of him right so I, I, de- I do think as much as everyone says he's more of a left-sided midfielder when he plays in the, the two and the pivot he does yeah. do better on the right that's definitely something i've noticed with him and also is um he's better at raking passes from right to left than he is from left to right at least from what i've seen and he's going to do that more if he plays on the right i um, think on the left he's more inclined to play through balls yeah. uh whereas on the right he on the right he, you know what it is he plays like all that dictating of play and like these you know the wonderful sweeping balls to switch play like skulls played like when he plays on the right he he hits those balls he's not trying to like he's not necessarily trying to create assists in those in that position he's trying to direct play and like he just adds so much to how we like i mean look i mean it was it's one match it was 30 minutes whatever but i agree like i i'm with you i think when he plays on that right side yeah it, he just controls the game more i mean at the only other time i really remember us i think this is the only other time we started fred and pogba was Fulham away last year and he had that i mean he was great in that entire match yeah. and obviously he had that world class goal but like it it's just something he just he and again it's 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 another thing where you take one of your best technical players and now you put him on the right which has been this black hole of we can't progress the ball up that side of the pitch and everybody knows it so they don't respect it at all now it's completely different when you play him in that position because you have to honor the fact that you know he he can obviously help you get the ball up the pitch on that side of the field and he can switch play and he can do so many things from there but uh, sorry go ahead yeah no it is i agree 100% is that and that goal, I'm, I'm just having flashbacks to how good that goal against film was. I don't even think it won our goal of the season competition, but it was yeah, we phenomenal. had a lot of good goals last year. Yeah, phenomenal goal. Um, but yeah, like that. If he if he wants to be the best midfielder in the world, he can be, but it's it's just not often enough for me. And he's he's still ultimately a long term problem with his contract and things going on. I feel like he probably played well enough. Um, especially compared to McTominay, to maybe get the, the nod for start on 11 on Sunday against Liverpool. But again, who knows if Ollie was, has got the guts to break up the most average midfield partnership of all time. <laughs> well, Fred Fred came off an injury. I'm not, he hasn't said anything about it. Fred also tends to have superhuman recovery powers, so yeah. who knows? Um, yeah. And I think the fact that they didn't say anything about it almost seemed, I would feel like that bodes better. Yeah, um, yeah I would say so. But yeah, usual I mean, look, injuries, you hear something like the yeah. day after, and, and you know. Bruno Fernandez on by Cavani. Works it two-two. Harry Maguire, the captain with the goal, and Manchester United all the way back in the Champions League, and it was smashed in brilliantly by Maguire. Go on, Harry! The champions of below-the-waist grooming are here to save your balls. You heard that right, Manscaped, the best of the best and world champions of men's grooming are here so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs with the code UNITEDHOUR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code UNITEDHOUR. Shoot for glory this year Constant. with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. Shaw. Into Ronaldo! Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League again for Manchester United. You cannot keep this man down in this competition. And from 2-0 down, Manchester United lead 3-2. And who else but CR7? Talk about the most predictable winning goal of all time. As soon as the ball went in, right? Yeah. As soon as it went in. Yeah, it, it's just like the, the guy is Mr. Champions League. You can imagine at <laughs> half time that he was probably like, like, oh, he goes there and he's like, okay, lads, this is fantastic. The goals are going to come. And everyone else is like, guys, I got this. 
I, I, he's also just, like, guys, we're not playing in Europa League this yeah, year. Like, that's it, just not it, happening. You just get it to two two. I'm gonna do the rest. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about it. I promise you. I'm, no, 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 no. Hurry, it's gonna be fine. Get it to two two. You score the second goal, and and I'll do the rest. Right? The the guy is just like he's just gonna deliver. Right? That's why. When he gets dropped from the and, team, and they all which, they all fanboy over him. As soon as he scored, the entire team is just like, "Why did he do a celebration? He did the knee slide, <laughs> the most average celebration of all time. He done a knee slide, and then Maguire done a knee slide behind him. Wait, what? And I, I think the crowd still shouted, "Um, Sue!" Like even though he done a knee slide, right? Like he was just waiting for it. Like just spin your finger around and do your one eighty jump. You just scored the winning goal, but he does the knee slide at the Stratford end. It was weird. But yeah, like the the guy um and I know Jamie in a group calls him the best header of the ball of all time. Hard to argue with that when he keeps doing stuff like that. I mean, the leap on the guy, the his age ac- too. Yeah, the accuracy of that that header, like it's right in the corner too. Mm-hmm. It's an outswinging cross, great cross from Shaw by the way, who hasn't been putting in as many of those recently. But like, yeah, th- th- there's just no other outcome. As soon as that ball's in the air, you see him moving towards it. Goal. He just can't do anything about it, right? The guy's a absolute legend in the air, and it's fitting that he, he had a little bit of a better game overall yesterday, and they probably deserved his goal. Whereas often he's he's kind of like he'll be a peripheral figure, but still get the goal, and you're like, well, I wish he could have done something else except score because we're giving you so much money. <laughs> yesterday he did do that. He, he did do a lot more. He brought more to the team. There was one point where he actually chased back. All the way to his own, uh, like yeah, a defensive yeah. corner, and 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 the fans loved it, right? Like when we are notoriously good at acknowledging the work ethic of players. There there are some t- players on some teams in the Premier League that work their socks off every week and don't get the credit. If we see our players put the effort in, even if they don't win the ball, we love it. We absolutely love it. He's already a hero. But when he does stuff like that, it just endears him to the crowd even more, right? And you could see that he was kind of like getting a little bit of a buzz off of it, right? Crowd started singing his name again. All he had to do was put in a little bit more effort. Lead the line a little bit better, be an example. And you see what happens from it. I mean, we, we didn't well, steam... He, he has like an unconditional... Like, obviously, I mean, look, I'm not... His best years were at Madrid. Uh, he obviously played at Juventus, too. He's a legend at both those places. Well, I don't know about Juventus. I don't know enough about that. But he's definitely a le- legend at... And Madrid, uh, I think if you were to, you know, think about where is he, like if you think about Ronaldo, you're probably going to think about Real Madrid, right? Yeah. Um, when you think about him, but like I don't think he's, it's it's not an unconditional love, right? Like it's not like this, you know, like all time just hero worship thing. Whereas I think at United at Old Trafford, it's just like, you know, he's he he can do no wrong. He is yeah. like the favored son. Yeah, oh, he, he's on, um, like, Cantona level in terms of adulation from the fans. Um, we, we, we adore him, and rightfully so. Like, he, he was amazing for us in his first stint, and he's grown to be one of the best players of all time, and he's came back, and he's still highly, highly capable. Just all, all and everything I wanted to see from him the past few games, I got to see it last night, and it definitely bodes well moving forward that he got to see the end product of it, right? Because he could very easily have thrown his toys out the pram, not stuck in as much as he did last night, and maybe we end up not winning, or maybe we end up drawn. But he was committed to the cause, the whole team were, and we, you, you see the fruits of that labour, just being a bit more on the front foot, throwing a little bit of caution to the wind, not allowing the other team to have time on the ball. What do you know? It ends up getting results. Um, but for me, like obviously, it's an amazing win last night. I think still there are it might mask over a lot of the issues that we clearly have in midfield. We we don't have a set combination of two players that can be effective enough defensively for me. We get played through way too easily. It happened like a couple of times in the second half last night where you're just like, we're going to give up another goal. Luckily, we didn't, and we get the winner. But there's still problems there. There wasn't a clearly defined structure to it last night. It was basically almost playing for your life. Don't stop running, don't stop trying, and something will come off of it. It did, but there still wasn't like a, okay, we're, we're going to use this strategy, we're going to use this tactic. It's very mishmashy and 45 minutes of mayhem of a second half, but ultimately it pays off. But I still think there's problems there. 
I yeah. still think if we had played the way we did last night against Liverpool on Sunday, I think we'll be eaten alive. They, if they go two 0 <laughs> up, and then yeah, they they go for the jugular. You you can't go two 0 down to Liverpool. Yeah, like I know that it. I know Atletico did, and look, they they made some kind of comeback and whatever, but. I mean, yeah, and they got beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they and I know they went down it, to ten men, but like, yeah, the, the form that they're in right now is it's nuts. And it's it's uh yeah, I mean, look, like we might as well. I think we've talked enough about the Atlanta Atlanta match. Um, the one thing I do want to mention, uh, I think Bruno Fernandez was asked about the music played in the dressing room. The only problem we have is the first song that's played after a win is what Fred is choosing, so we have to change that. Uh, so we're continuing the tradition of all players randomly shitting on Fred hilariously in the uh, in the in the media, which I find hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I look. Liverpool is in. Sub, I mean, forget Liverpool. Salah is right now for me the best player in the world. Um, the form he's in is just ridiculous. He's scoring for fun. He's scoring worldies all the time. I I don't even know what to do with him. And I, I don't. This this is not uh, a great time to be playing Liverpool. Um, but derbies are always weird, and you know maybe that ends up being the perfect time to play them. I I don't know what what are your concerns going in. Obviously, the fact that we're in terrible form, we're conceding stupid goals consistently. But is there anything specifically that you're thinking will be a, uh, a massive obstacle for us structurally, or just in terms of what they are doing? Um, as a team, uh, well, like you meant, form goes out the window in these games. Um, I, I hate Liverpool. I, I make no apologies <laughs> for that. I can absolutely respect the talent of some of the players. I can respect the fact that their coach is undoubtedly one of the the best coaches currently in the game. But I still fucking hate all of their guts. I, I just I despise everything about the club. And the one fixture I always look for is when are we playing Liverpool at Old Trafford? Specifically this season because we have all the fans back. Um, but the thing I'm... Salah's in great form. Manny's playing pretty well too. The thing that concerns me just now is how well Fabino's playing. So yeah. he is in great form at the moment. And his movement is very problematic for our partnership in Maguire and Lindelof. Because they don't deal well with players who move well. Um, I, I think Shaw has it in him to mark Salah out of a game. I think Juan Bissaka has it in him to mark Manny out of a game. I don't think Maguire and Lindelof can stop a Firmino who's on form. I, I just can't see that. So he... I would be interested. I think maybe you mentioned this. This would be a match, I, I think, to consider playing three at the back, five at the back, whatever. Um, we've done that against Liverpool a few <clears throat> times uh, under Ole. I think it's actually worked pretty well. Uh, even I think when we played them... Uh, in Ole's first time when he was still caretaker, we got a draw at Old Trafford, uh, and then we got a draw against them at Old Trafford the next year, and then I think we also lost to them the next year, uh, uh, two nothing at Anfield. But that was actually a really good performance, I thought. Um, it would, it just, I, I think Shaw in that position gives you some more pace and cover, um, but also you have to consider like if you're gonna play that then does that mean that you're going to bring Tellas into the 11? Like, that's kind of where I, I lose it, and I don't think it works. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't see us going to a back five as much as I think it might work. I think if you go to the back five against Liverpool, you pretty much, I mean, we give up the battle in the middle of the park against Aston Villa and Everton, so we may as well <laughs> give it up against Liverpool. Well, but, but, but to your point, like, and, and this is something that, like, obviously when you're playing at Old Trafford, and, you know, it's United, you shouldn't... Like, there's an argument to be made that you can get... You, you can get the chances you want if you choose to play on the counter. Yeah. And, like... And that that is why I think this matchup is interesting because I agree with you that Firmino randomly discovering form again after a year and a half is annoying and is kind of dangerous for our center backs. If you are willing to play the game on the counter... Then I I think it it becomes very much a question of like, can you hit them on the break before they break you down? And and we've shown that like, look, I mean, if there's one thing you can say under Ole, when we play on the counter, we are a very dangerous team. Um, we get results, and 
you know, is is it ideal? Is that where you want to be three years into his tenure? No, it's not. But, you know, if if you're him, right now I think you're focused on getting points on the board, especially in the league, uh, and, and really just, you know, getting your feet back under you because, you know, it's great that we won this match against Atalanta, but it wasn't the most convincing of performance. It was better, but it wasn't super convincing. And it not, it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, yeah, now we're ready to smash Liverpool. So, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? I think if we had been beaten off Atalanta, we might have seen something like five at the back be more likely. Because you, you have to think in the back of his mind, two more defeats in a row in big games, even though he might have had assurances that he's not going to get fired, I think anyone would have, wouldn't have would be like surprised if you get beat off Atalanta and Liverpool if he right. lost his job, right? So I think what that win last night frees him up a little bit more to maybe be adventurous. I think our best chance against them in current form it, it is on the counter. Uh, I think Rashford can be devastating in behind Alexander-Arnold and Matip if they play him. I think they might be tempted to put Joe Gomez in there just to cover that threat of pace for Rashford. Is he is he just <clears> getting back from He's just getting now? back and he's been yeah. subbed on for Alexander-Arnold at right back the last couple of games. But he's lightning quick. Uh, he can keep up with Rashford, so that might be a consideration for them. Klopp has almost set up his team um, a few times to be a little bit more, i say, boring uh, against us because of the threat of the counter. I mean, anyone that watched what we did to Man City a couple of years ago at the Etihad is like, well, if you let them sit back and counter with that pace, they're going to hurt any team in the world. Yeah. Liverpool have given us a little bit of... Um, yeah, they've, they've basically acknowledged that. Klopp's acknowledged that. But you feel the way they're playing at the moment and the way we're playing. I can't see Klopp doing anything other than just trying to go at us, which would play into our hands if we want to play in the counter. I feel we might see um, the lineup you were alluding that you wanted and we'll maybe see Greenwood drop out and Sancho come in. Um, other than that, I would expect us maybe to start the same team. Hopefully not McTominay and Fred, but as sure as shit as the sun is going to come up tomorrow and be golden. <laughs> <laughs> Those two are going to start in midfield. The, the, the one thing I really don't want is for him to play Pogba on the left and move Rashford to the right. Like, I, I don't want that. I, no. I think if if Rashford is going to play, play him on the left because... He's the best like, left winger. He clearly appears in the best position. He is, even though he's just came back, he's demonstrated he's the one that two will and two. make arching runs in behind that we have two very capable players of finding them in Lindelof and Bruno. Right, it's, it, it makes the most sense. Plus, if they Alexander-Arnold, hugely suspect defensively, not the quickest right-back in the world, play Rashford and get him running in behind him. It's our, probably our quickest route to goal. Because you know Ronaldo is um, going to come up against Van Dijk. Van Dijk relishes these kind of battles, and he backs himself against anyone. I, I will back... say Van Dijk has... He's been committing some mistakes that... If yep. they had not been winning matches, I think he'd be getting a he's little not as bit good. more stick he's, he's He's not as good as he was before his injury, but that's just him getting back yeah. into match fitness, right? So you don't know how he'll end up. Looks like he's lost a tiny, tiny bit of pace, I would say, which he has aged as well. Um, but like if if we put uh, if Shaw puts the ball in the box like he did last night, Ronaldo beats Van Dijk in the air, no problem. Van Dijk's one of the best defenders in the world in the air. Ronaldo about jumps him. So uh, that may be a good route to go for us as well. But yeah, it's, to me, that my concern for me is their front three is hitting form at the right time. I saw um best pundit in the world, Paul Merson, calling them the best front three in the world again and just absolutely creaming himself over how well they're playing. But <laughs> they are in good form. They, they are very, yeah, very dangerous. Yeah. And we don't have a cohesive enough defensive unit to stop them if they're on form. So I feel like that should be where the directive is, is to like, stop them first and try and nick a goal or two and on the counter. But it's Old Trafford, it's us against Liverpool, and Ole likes to have us play the United way, at least he's trying to get us play the United way. And if he does, we won't sit back. We, we won't play for 0-0 and try and nick a goal. We'll go at them. And if we do that and they're on form, they'll pick us off. Um... And yeah, there's, there's just no getting away from that. They're in such good form at the moment. But always the game I'm most excited for at the beginning of the season. And I'm just as excited for this one as ever have been for any of the other ones. And if we win, like Nick keeps reminding us all, 
we're only going to be a point behind them. So things aren't that bad, obviously. The team's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's weird that as bad as we've been, if we can win this match somehow, then you're right back in in the yeah. thick of things. Um, so you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's a a, a pretty good place uh to to end it. Uh, David. Yeah. Uh, it's been a wonderful discussion. Ashwin, pleasure as always. Just before we go, what's your prediction for Sunday? I will say. I never picked a Liverpool match right. Uh, who cares? Uh, 2-1 United. Uh, uh, Fred winner in the 95th minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I'm going to go for something just as likely. I'm going to go for 3-3 three, three, uh, with Maguire to score a towering header in the 89th minute to make it 3-2. <laughs> and then Firmino to score in the 92nd minute and make it 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> <laughs> That would be par for the course for the season. Whatever yeah. happens, the match will be extremely uh, gut-wrenching um, and probably induce many heart attacks based on our form this year. 100%. I've got so much more gray hair, man. So much <laughs> more. <laughs> All awesome. right. Well, that's, uh, that's a good night for me. Yeah, good night for me. What a night, Robert. Three words. Viva Ronaldo. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.